Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Fit Literate. I am Carolyn. And I'm Laura. And today we're having an emergency meeting of the minds because I don't know if you've been on the internet lately, but it's somehow gotten even worse. Isn't that fun? What? Whoa! No one ever <laughs> saw that coming. Um, you hear Carolyn and I rant a lot about mm, the difference between body positivity, the movement, and body positivity at as it has been bastardized to online content and distilled down and uh, whitewashed. So uh, it's gotten even worse. And we've got some of our our best people on the case. We've got some friends here to talk about it with you. <laughs> um, I said worse so many times in a row. I'm like, no, this is going to be fun. This is not a this is not a, a bad, dark podcast. This is a let's all get together and vent kind of fun conversation time. So we've got mm-hmm. Caitlin, also known as Sass and Cellulite online. And we've got Lauren of Lauren Lavelle Fitness, um, both of whom I feel like if you are already a fit literate friend of the pod, you are probably also in their internet families and aware of them and already adore them. So we're literally so happy to have them here to talk about what's going on. So uh, what's going on? I'm probably making it sound more dramatic than it is, but that's kind of what we do here. Um, You may have noticed in the year 2024, even though we're into February and hopefully out of New Year's resolution discourse, enough discourse for one year already. um, The discourse police are out to get you. Can you hear that? The sirens have been crazy lately. (laughs) I know it's, it's the discourse police. Um, That's us. No, we're not cops. Anyways, um, my brain is going a mile a minute. I just chugged some cottage cheese and some coffee, so the vibes are about to get weird. Uh, Lauren's giving me the look Hopefully of a lifetime. Hopefully not mixed together. Yeah, I'm like confused at how you chug the cottage cheese, not but we'll come back pleasantly. to this. Um, basically, a, a, good, a good old faction of your favorite or just most platformed body positivity influencers have decided in the year of the Lord 2024 to embark on a public weight loss journey. Um, And as you can guess, everybody's got thoughts and feelings about it. So where shall we begin? Um, Caitlin, you already did a really great podcast episode on this on your new podcast, Dose of Sass, which I recommend everyone checks that out. Plug, plug, plug. Especially this podcast episode is a really quick and cogent listen. Um, But do you want to give us a little mini state of the union on what the hell is actually going on? Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many layers to this conversation, which is why we're having this chat. Um, I'll talk a little bit about my personal feelings slash like how it's being perceived. Um, I It's disappointing because I thought that we had like made lots of strides in the direction of like disconnecting weight and body image and disconnecting diet culture, and, like weight and health. And like, I thought we were taking steps away from that. And I feel like in the year 2024, as the trend cycles are cycling, we are just taking steps backwards and going, just kidding. Now that there's a new magic pill on the market or whether there's not, like not everybody's doing that. Um, now I actually don't, I'm not actually super stoked about the body that I live in and I want to be in a smaller one. And that doesn't feel great coming from platforms who have built their audience based on, I'm actually okay with the body that I'm in. A lot, I've seen a lot of plus size creators, whether they are in the like fashion space or in the like general lifestyle space, whatever space they find themselves in, 
going, oh, actually, don't worry, I still love my body, but I want to be in a smaller one. And that just doesn't really compute in my brain because I don't know. Like (laughs) I always go, if it's, if it's body image related, body image doesn't have to do with your body. It's actually to do with your brain. And if it's health related, then do that. Focus on the behaviors, but not the body size. So I just, I feel like it's adding to the already giant mound of misinformation of the internet and it's not helpful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I always think about, um, like the princess bride, like you keep using that word. It does not mean what you think it means. When people throw (laughs) around buzz phrases like body image or body positivity or self-love or being like my healthy habits. And then there's no sort of central agreed upon definition of what those things actually mean. So people can use those phrases for SEO and then kind of Mm. interpret them however they like and then defend it based on, well, it's my body. So I get to do what I want with it, which is at its core true. But what do you think, Lauren, I'm passing this over to you, a little layup. What do you think is like the biggest stumbling block for this discourse? Like, where do you think the root of the confusion lies? Around body positivity in general. How did we get into this mess? (laughs) I mean, I just going off of like what Caitlin said, like, I definitely didn't think we were making great strides. (laughs) (laughs) Like I didn't. Um, And that's because I have a bit of a different vantage point in that I am also a black woman. And so I had the experience of getting swept up in the, like, I know a black person post a black square, like black people (laughs) uh, events of 2020 and how quickly like it became trendy to know a black person and how just as quickly it was no longer trendy. And that was based solely around the way that my body looked and my body became a trend. And so it's not surprising. This happens all the time. That was a much faster wave than body positivity had body positivity had had a good run. You know, we had a good run with this one. Um, It'll be back. We had a good run. Um, Yeah, we had a good run. But uh, that happened much more quickly. So I think that um, if people are not really doing the work, and they're doing it to invest in the trend, like it's always going to be an ebb and a flow. And there will be like, times where we get to declare bodies in vogue or not. Um, So that's just like my take on these, these trends. And I honestly don't know how long this wave of the girlies switching sides will last, but it's always like who gets to benefit from that. Yeah. And this is something I want to get both of your takes on as people who have built these strong platforms of people who turn to you for wisdom and lived experience and also like confirmation of the things they're feeling and like guidance, you know, I'm sure so much of your audience is on board with you and so much of your audience looks to you for leadership in that way. And I'm also sure that like, because of, because of your various lived experiences, you have not been given the gift of just being able to like create content. You know what I mean? You've had to make your body part of your platform and the discussion around your body part of your platform. And I'm 
also cheating a bit here because I know like personal stories that you both have shared with me about like times when you feel like you've been the token person because of your body and what that means for your platform. Um, and there's a question in there somewhere, but I, I would love to talk about what it means to build your platform brand, uh, public conversation around a gathering a certain audience and then sort of ripping the rug out from that audience and what's been, <laughs> and what's been your experience online, which is a big fucking question. So <laughs> I can go yeah. if you want. Um, yeah, I think, and I, I can't remember if I left this in, in my podcast episode or not, but I, whatever it is, that- I'm certain it bears repeating. <laughs> Plus size people, fat people, curvy people, whatever you want to call them, whether you're a celebrity, creator, person in general, unfortunately, your body is a part of your identity much more so than anybody else. And if you're a creator online, a lot of times that means you fall into one of two categories, which is you're either wanting to be smaller or you're okay with where you're at. And any divulging from that direction can feel like an absolute betrayal to your audience, whether it's intentional or not. So what's happening, unfortunately, is there are creators who have said, whether it was because it was a trend or because they actually were trying to make strides personally in the department of body acceptance, body confidence, anti-diet culture, whatever, have built a platform going, okay, I'm okay with where I'm at. And then the next day, not even the next day, they've done this for years. And then they go, Oh, actually, I know you're all here for that. But like, I'm not actually down for that anymore. And then they're surprised when their audience is like, wait, what? What? Where did this come from? I thought we were all on the same page. And then they're getting defensive of like, well, I can do what I want with my body. And everyone's like, yeah, I know. But like, (laughs) I was following you for a whole different thing. And whether they like came out and said, they're doing that on purpose or whether people just assumed that they're in the body confidence category because they live in a larger body. It like you just end up betraying your audience either way. (laughs) Um, And I find as a, as a plus size fashion girly that there's also this weird kind of like monetization of my body size because I, I talk up all the time, okay, I'm like size 16, 18, and people follow me for size 16, 18 fashion. So if all of a sudden I start to not be that size, whether I go get larger or smaller, people are going to be like, hey, what's going on? Which I don't think is super fair because we're not really not necessarily meant to be like monitored by that many people for our body size. Like people in public aren't going to see me at the grocery store and go like, hey, are you okay? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but... Uh, if you start to change your body, people like expect an ex- explanation for it, whether you have one or not. And so there's this weird like uh, responsibility you have to your like I feel to my audience to like, and I don't I don't necessarily feel this way because I I think I can do what I want, but like there's kind of this subconscious responsibility to your audience to maintain a certain size because you're representing a certain corner of the internet. And then if you change that, whether on purpose or not, people are going to like come at you for it. So like, that's a weird, that's a weird corner from the fashion perspective as well. Um, that like, 
normal people aren't super aware of your like minute body changes but like when you have a platform that is about your body it's like much more noticeable and watched Mm -hmm. so anyway it's just kind of it's it's a weird place to be (laughs) yeah I could imagine that also operating as a as a person and a platform is a weird like double standard to hold for yourself and I imagine like as someone who has been through many like mental health body journeys, some of which are healed and some of which are ongoing, like having not only that level of monitoring, but that just that, that awareness where maybe you're trying to like decouple awareness of body size from like the way you move through the world. I imagine that is a really delicate thing to balance. Yeah, for sure. I think I've, and I've kind of gone through a journey of like, okay, I like have gained a lot of weight and I'm this size now and like, I'm okay with it to, okay, actually I don't really care at all to like, hey, maybe it's not about my body at all. And like confidence is more like a whole person energy than it is like about the size of your body or whatever. And yeah, it's just kind of gone from like, okay, I'm going to love my body to... Actually, I don't, I, I care about my body and want to take care of it, but I don't really, I'm not really, I'm trying not to think about it too much. Um, I was thinking about what you were talking about, Laura, about the ripping the rug out from under your audience, as far as like, you know, whether or not you chose to become a body positive influencer. And I think that, you know, there's obviously more nuance even within that, like who gets to show up in um a body that's like outside of the norm and then become like a representative of it right like who automatically is just handed like oh here you go here's your uh representation badge like you now represent us and who even in that space who has been working in that space doesn't get included in that so i think there's something to be said about like what comes with being gifted that representation is also a responsibility and you need to like say it with your chest if you don't want it. Mm. Um, Otherwise you are passively benefiting from it because, Oh no, I never said I was, I never said I wanted to represent all you, all of Mm. you. Like I never said that, but like you continue to benefit from it until it was no longer a benefit to you or until you no longer felt like you wanted to be like, someone who is considered a representation of that group because it's no longer popular to be body positive. Now the girls are losing weight. Um, And so now you're like, Oh shit, take my name out of the ring. Like, I don't want to be there anymore. Um, And that's when you're like, well, I never said that it was your interpretation of my platform and all of that. And who gets to keep their platform when they do that? Um, whose platform is like, yeah, we support you, you know, like, or who still gets deals based on that. And I think it's really important to examine like the business end of it, because yes, there are individuals who are running these platforms and they benefited greatly from a wave of like body positivity that they got swept up in whether they wanted to or not and became representative of whether they wanted to or not and used to their advantage, which they did want and now they don't they no longer want it and they get to just toss it and people have mixed feelings on it and the people who are following them have mixed feelings on it like caitlin said like i think it's valid for people to be like whoa 
oh, I didn't think I was going to be getting that here. Like, I didn't think I was going to be getting that story or that narrative here. Um, they're allowed to do whatever they want. We said that at the beginning. We'll say it at the end. But I think that it's valid for the people who follow them to be kind of like, hmm, I'm a little bummed. I don't want to I don't want to engage with this anymore. And there seems to be um, a lack uh, and feel free to redirect me here. Of course, please interrupt me. But there seems to be a general lack of recognition of privilege, especially if we're talking about like a lot of uh white plus size influencers. And if you've never been introduced to this concept before, I'm not sure where it originated. Maybe someone can help me relay this here, but uh, talking about like different categories of living in a larger body, like people who are small fat versus like infinite fat at the other end of the spectrum. So like your standard sort of mm-hmm. plus size versus like people who do not have the option to like shop in any uh, main retailer or like would need special considerations for sitting in an airplane seat or a movie theater seat or things like that. People are facing more discrimination at work and at the doctor versus people who maybe are experiencing like a lower level of body confidence and snide remarks from family members. It's, it's all a spectrum. Um, Totally. If you have not like engaged with the work of, fat activists and fat liberationists before like this, it might sound like I'm speaking gibberish, but there's a lot of politic in there that we don't need to super dive into here. But the, when we talk about the way that body positivity exists as a hashtag, a lot of the people who are taking up a lot of space in that internet feed are people who are on the low end of that spectrum and are often white would we even I say they're usually the skinny white women yeah. hunched over but if <laughs> they're not they're they're they were the girlies who were like had slightly wider hips or had like who who were like chubby but like they have actually never even gotten on to what we're considering this fat spectrum like they've never been there they've always been Quote, like unquote, a six or an eight and now they're de- <laughs> Yeah, midsize that they made up because they don't like the word fat because they're, again, not interested in in engaging with actual like systemic oppression and talking about fat phobia. They're not interested in that. They're interested in benefiting from what they can get out of that as being a midsize girly or like, look, I'm just like you, all of that. They're interested in that to a point. And when it is no longer beneficial for them, they get to bounce because they only have to do very little, in their opinion, to get into the other side of the in movement, which is like, you know, it's a very low standard deviation from the mean of normative bodies. And then there's no recognition of like positionality within that because it's purely based on like feelings and not actually a recognition of like, well, yeah. Privilege, a recognition of privilege, a recognition of where you stand in a society that puts bodies on a very strict hierarchy and actively suppresses content from people who are not white or in non-normative bodies and disabled bodies and trans bodies in anything that's not uh, deemed the norm. And it's like a refusal to right. get political. And Lauren, one thing you mentioned 
also a little bit ago was that a lot of this has to do with like the business end of things because content creation for a lot of people is not just a hobby. It's also a source of income. It's their job. They want it to be. And one thing that we definitely know is that a weight loss transformation story is very engaging to a lot of audiences. It's something that historically like is a is a popular form of content. And one thing that we often talk about as fitness professionals is like scope of practice and like what types of things it is appropriate for you to say in the form of especially advice. And so I wonder if some of the discomfort that these creators' audiences are feeling is um, all of a sudden they are being inundated or being shown things that resemble health content or health advice or health information in a space or on a platform where they're not used to seeing that. It's like, hey, I thought this was just about the clothes. Why am I suddenly hearing about nutrition or fitness or diets when that wasn't what I came here for. So I guess I'm curious how you think those things sort of play into this conversation and what content creators who are not necessarily professionals in a space, like what their responsibility is to their audiences in terms of what information they choose to share and not share about a a health-related journey or just like their personal health in general. Yeah. I mean, I think that everyone has the right to, you know, keep some things private, particularly, you know, when it comes to their health, obviously, like we have whole situations around that. Um, You don't need to be sharing everything about your health constantly online. I think that that would be really exhausting for a content creator to do. Um, I also would love to just like, weave in more of the potential nuance in there, which is that they are framing like weight loss as Mm -hmm. that health promoting Mm -hmm. behavior um, as like the main result of that health promoting behavior, I guess. So I talk about things that can be health promoting behaviors, like, you know, drinking water and regularly feeding yourself and like, I don't know, going for a walk, like, you know, like I'm a fitness instructor. I, I don't have, I don't have the right to be telling people what they should and shouldn't be eating. Even dietitians who are doing their job work with a client to figure out what works for that person and don't prescribe, you know, big, like, okay, everyone should be doing this. That's just not accurate and not a good practice. But I think that a lot of these platforms are framing this as a, you know, it's always a journey, right? It's always a journey or a lifestyle. Um, so many journeys and so many lifestyles people are embarking on. But uh, I think that that's where it gets a little more complicated is that like the end result in their in their opinion or on their platform, the end of their story is that their body is going to be smaller. And that is a result of the health promoting behaviors that they're doing. And that kind of like put up against someone, if I'm doing those health promoting behaviors and my body doesn't get smaller, am I a failure? Mm -hmm. Or if I'm doing these things and I'm not interested in weight loss, like is weight loss the only true end of the rainbow of these health promoting behaviors that they're 
weaving in there. So I think that's why it gets a little bit complicated yeah. for people as well, because what if it's like, what if it's just like your blood work or something, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what if, you can't see, you can't see so many of the like results, but we're all obsessed with what we're seeing, right? We're on social media. We're trying to see it. Because that's what's marketable. We want to see it. I know the devil has enough mm-hmm. advocates, but do you think there is a way for a public creator with a platform that is at least somehow related to their body size to privately engage in a health or weight loss journey in a responsible way? Before I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Before I ask that question, I, I want to say one tiny thing on the please, please note, which is the thing that the other thing that's happening is people are like, well, I can talk about whatever I want. And like, this is just for me. And like, these are five habits that worked for me. I'm not telling you to do these things. And so they're, they're using that as like, in case anyone else follows this advice, I didn't give you advice. I'm not a professional. But this if you're not telling someone to do it, why are you making the content? That's the thing. I'm like, you have a you have a platform that people follow you for your influence. They're gonna want to do what you're doing, and they're gonna think that because you're doing it, they should do it. Like mm-hmm. that's an that's an obvious assumption. So don't be surprised if your audience goes, "Wait, does this mean I have to do that?" And then they're like, "No, of course not." What do you mean, of course not? <laughs> you're say, you're talking about it. You're promoting it. Um, as far as can someone do it responsibly, privately? Sure. <laughs> Maybe. If weight loss, if your health journey results in weight loss, cool. If it doesn't, also cool. It's just a tricky one because anytime you come online and talk about how your body has changed because we live in a world that prioritizes smaller ones, People are going to want to, people are going to assume that that's a positive thing and want to know how you did it. And unless you're committed to pretending it never happened and it just happened to you, <laughs> just like, it's, it's hard to, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't change. My pants have always been the same size. <laughs> like, I think that would be my <laughs> method. Um, <laughs> just the straight up, like, I don't know what you're talking just about. Ignore. But, <laughs> No, to, I, I think to comment on that also, I think that if your platform is not necessarily about that, but you have been part of that and your body changes, maybe you address it once or twice if it's not something that you're interested in playing into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is where it also comes down to like the creator's boundaries. I don't really get asked any questions about my body because I don't platform myself as someone who talks about my body. If I'm doing demonstrations, I demonstrate for people who have a variety of different things than my body and people who have similar bodies to me. Um, I can do that and I can teach fitness and I can give modifications and variations without making it solely about my own experience. And I think that that's another thing that uh, can be helpful in navigating this. We're talking about now people who have just done a complete 180 and have been very open and public with it. And again, it's their platform. They get to do what they want. Um, It's a shitty world to be fat in. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, how I, I mean, I am mad at you, but like, 
people are going to be mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not necessarily mad at you. I really like don't care that much. But there will be people who are extremely hurt. There will be people who are extremely triggered by this. There will be people who are confused at how to engage with this new content. And you might feel in- like confused at how people are engaging with it as well. Because, you know, they're like, if they're congratulating you on weight loss, you have to think about how they were thinking about you before. Um, so, so, so another question I have sort of related to this is how do you feel like it changes the situation when a content creator decides to utilize their pivot in content that now they are creating content about weight loss um, when they utilize that to then take on certain brand deals or promote certain products to their audiences? I mean, I think that's just like really convenient, right? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And is this something that you're seeing, I guess, would be another question. I don't mean to like make up a straw man argument. No, I know. I don't, I don't know because I'm not seeing it. Like I'm not technically like I'm not engaging with any of that kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really see a lot of that going on. And if I do see it, I'm like, I'm not interested. Caitlin, you seem to be a little more tapped into maybe that side of things. Is that something that you have observed? Luckily, not on my own feed. I don't consume a lot of content of folks promoting like weight loss products or, or something similar that I've like frequently engaged with, but I am on the side of like brand deal platforms. And I have a influencer inbox where I do get offers from brands for to promote paid weight loss products. There's gifted campaigns of weight loss injections, which I think is just mm. dangerous. <laughs> scary stuff because and it's from a variety of brands that I'm like these can't all be the same thing these can't all be safe yeah and if you're giving them to anybody and anyone then you're gonna have a variety of information out there probably a lot of misinformation so yeah there there is a lot of it and it it does seem that we've gone in the direction of yeah body positivity asterisks was a trend and that's that's how we needed to market things and now there's a little bit more room to actually promote weight loss. So we're going to go back in that direction. That's and the easier. weight loss companies love that, I'm sure. Yeah, the scaffolding is already mm-hmm. all there. They have all the marketing. It's really easy peasy. Yeah. Just right back into... Diet culture never stopped existing. <laughs> no, no. It just There was just a little blip on the side that was like, or oh, you could be this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. We're <laughs> under marketing to 80% of the population. Let's get their money for a hot second. And then we'll undercut them with guilt and uh tell them they're horrible and never <laughs> just mind. kidding the carrot's a little farther <laughs> away now it's over there gonna go get it <laughs> give us your credit card um <laughs> like diet it's not a diet it's a lifestyle to like actually having a healthy lifestyle is the most self-love thing you could do that's like the new fun mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and who gets to claim to be healthy who gets viewed as healthy um, and also why is health the priority? Like, why does health have to be prioritized? Some people are never going to be healthy. That is like not going to be 
They're not uh, going to be Lauren, able to get you're to dangerously that. close to setting me off on my bi-weekly eugenics rant. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> if we made like a word map of fit literate, that would be like the biggest one. Eugenics know, would be the her, biggest her one. Eyes start, her, R start, her eyes started going. She was like, oh no, oh no, she's saying the words. She's That's like my sleeper words. cell words. Yeah, but like, like <laughs> awoken from the dead. And I also think that can be like super painful to observe as someone who is maybe following these people and knowing that they weren't necessarily going to be like what Carolyn said, like doing these health promoting behaviors because um, like all the pills and potions and clean eating and what have you um, will not result in, in health and like, you know, the ability to be healthy for a lot of people. And additionally, all the pills and potions and the clean eating and the workout classes come with so much privilege and time and access. So it's just really, it's a super nuanced conversation because for some people to get access, you have to do the health promoting and the weight loss Mm. to get access to the actual healthcare that you need. Yeah. Um, so for some people, the performance is necessary to survive. And then for some people, the performance is, performance. you know, to make money. To to access yeah. mm-hmm. even more privilege and more access. Right. That they've always had the ability to do. Like, it's easy for them, to, again, to just step into a different yeah. role. Yeah. There's a lot going on depending on who it is specifically we're talking about, which we're trying to speak in generalities, but that definitely limits us in this conversation. Yeah. And I think about, not to like Pollyanna this too hard, and obviously this still isn't like a one size fits all solution, no pun intended, but I think about how many people are not engaging in movement or not drinking water or like have no idea how to balance a very busy day and feed themselves with like whatever foods accessible to them, like how much basic health information is overlooked and undervalued and how much good people with enormous platforms could do by promoting health behaviors at least the very smallest things that for a lot of people are in their control and are not being engaged with um how much how how we could focus on focus on health instead of weight like we counsel all the time decoupling it from the weight loss goal like you said lauren like that that doesn't have to be the end all be all it's just really hard not to easily couple those things because of what we talked about like it's a visual platform for the most part right like these people aren't these people aren't writing like faceless blogs Mm -hmm. they're they are making reels and posting photos and all of that so it's not it is a visual thing and and the people as a collective in general like are often impressed with a visual transformation Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. there there is and always has been like an obsession with that and it's you know because it's easy because you can see it um and it doesn't necessarily mean that the other things that were going on before have been resolved like if you were embarking on this as a health journey i just like the journeys and the lifestyles i really really can't um (laughs) 
like where like you know we're all we marching going towards death so right like you know how this ends right like that is the only journey we're all on <laughs> we are all on that it's going the same direction you're taking a detour and it sounds miserable but um, personally like, i'm done with journeys i'm ready to go on an epic quest i don't know about you guys <laughs> quests only only quests and like they have to be like fun um because <laughs> the, there's the time is we there's not to find the grill. journeys more treasure hunts we seek to find the grill and it must have a fun little drink in it that's <laughs> um to. not to ask to. you to predict the future lauren um but i do want to get mm. your take and maybe we can jump in here too as a fitness professional we're talking about trends we're talking about pendulum mm. swings uh we're talking about trends in in bodies in advertising uh in social media conversations and discourse as a whole but i would also love to briefly touch on what happens to a body when weight loss is prioritized uh what happens to a body when we stop putting health promoting behaviors first to the extent of our reasonable ability. Where do you think this is going? What's going to happen to these people? Oh yeah. What's going to happen to all these people? Well, I think that, you know, there's so much nuance between what's going on because like Caitlin mentioned, like maybe people are, uh, are taking a weight loss supplement of some kind. And that could be a variety of things. Um, People may just be changing like what they're eating, how much they're eating, how frequently they're eating, you know, all the, all the same old boring things. But, um, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I do think that there's always, there's always an up and a down, right? Like there's always going to be the flow of like smaller and then potentially a rebound of weight gain. Um, our bodies like to, you know, protect us in ways that they can. And for some people, your body is always going to like rebound and gain a little bit of weight. Um, So I think that it's hard to say that what will happen to everyone, some people will choose to stay on whatever diet and exercise routine keeps them at a size that they feel comfortable and whatever whatever that means and um they'll do that forever you know like i come from a family where women diet forever forever um and that's it like to oblivion so um and then for some people that might change again they might burn out which is what my like bigger prediction is for a lot of people because we've now all of us have been around long enough to have seen this before um and we'll see it again Mm -hmm. like we'll see it again. Um, They will get tired. They will get injured because with increased working out and decreased calorie intake um, for the sake of like losing weight, you're having less fuel. You are probably going to be more prone to injury. You will get injured. You will be out of working out. And then maybe a new cycle will start and or continue. So I think it's just, yeah, I think we're just at, at the start of this new cycle. Like, you know, we all saw it coming. We saw a lot of like, you know, 2000s marketing and stuff like that. And what did that mean for fashion and what bodies were fashionable? Um, 
So I really just think we're early days into this trend. And I actually just love being a fat black woman because my body will just never be trendy. Like being like, it just won't like, I'm just, I'm, I'm removed from trendiness because my blackness will always be a barrier to me Mm. being a real trend. Mm. Um, Right. Like it will only be a blip. It will be a couple months if it is. And um, so two weeks I don't in June 2020 like, when you're everybody's best friend yeah. and then no more brand deals for you. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. And like, so I, I think that there are like, again, another, there, another level to this is that I don't have, I don't have any skin in the game to become a trendy body. Yeah. I just don't like, it's just not going to happen for me. Um, No matter how much weight I lose, I will still be a black woman and I will still be perceived as black. So there's also layers to intersectionality in that even. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm beyond trends and journeys now. You're timeless beyond the journey. Yeah. I'm just trying to make it to the end, whatever the end is. (laughs) Hopefully there's cats there. Well, Caitlin, from your perspective as like a like an influencer and someone who entered into this conversations from like the influencer side of the Venn diagram, um, as opposed to, you know, Lauren, where you're kind of on like the like fitness instructor <laughs> side of it. Um, what are you reading in the tea leaves for this <laughs> trend? <laughs> I I was thinking about that. I think what's interesting is I also kind of encountered in my own healing journey, I kind of encountered internet body positivity at its, uh, will I say peak of 2020 um, in where people like suddenly had a justification for these things. Mm. So it was locked down. Gyms were closed. You were maybe eating more comforting foods. There was all sorts of things at the same time that people go, it's okay. If you're gaining weight, it's okay. If your body's changing, everything's great. And now that we're like, past that people are like okay it's not okay anymore so let's get back to that mm. and what i think will happen again who knows if it's four years from now eight years from now maybe it'll be 2030 um we're gonna see actually the weight loss drugs we've been taking aren't working anymore mm. so it's okay like there's gonna be some kind of like catalyst that's the justification for accepting your body there has to be a reason you can't just like decide Mm. that it's okay there has to be like a and this is what i find really interesting when people talk about like the word fat is they'll go like you don't you're not fat you have fat yeah you're not that's your uterus you're not fat you're sitting down and it's like okay well what if you're just fat period like that's not the those are those are not like justifications and i think most of internet body positivity has to have like a it's okay. Everybody has this and not just an it's okay period. Mm-hmm. So, right. It's okay. Everybody is different. Yeah. Right. It's okay. You have a body. Like There's yeah. going to be, it's okay. The drug stopped working. That's not your fault. Like it's okay. Whatever. Which, like, gonna it be- is okay. And it's not your right. fault, but also it would have been okay regardless of what you had decided to do in the first place. Right. Right. Like having a bigger body or having a not thin body requires a justification. Mm, yeah. Yeah. In, like, in, oh, in, like, oh, like oh, the I cultural sense. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, there's a corner of the internet that's like 
mommy blogger. Right. You just had a baby. You had a baby. It's okay. And I'm like, no, I haven't. (laughs) And I feel like that's on an individual level for like individual people, that can be a really wonderful starting point for like self-acceptance where it's Mm -hmm. like that permission to like really look at your life and your circumstances and understand the things that are going on with you and then get that external validation. Like, Hey, that's like a normal human thing to go through. And like, it is fine that you're, that, that that's your experience. But the fact that it, at a certain there, point, there needs to be that reason. At a yeah, certain point, it's it a is, band-aid and it's like, well, you got to dig that splinter out or the wound's going to fester. And like, if we're all getting splintered by the same thing, maybe it's the fucking society that's splintering and digging into all of us. Maybe it's the plank of not, wood like, hitting how us pretty over and your over. band-aid is that matters. <laughs> <laughs> totally yes the, the plank of wood hitting us over and over again Wait, let me do some Please, foley like, here ready just... oh. oh my god <laughs> okay <laughs> all wood. right Tara, when are you gonna edit that out <laughs> lauren's done um, with me see. lauren's <laughs> talked to me too much this week um <laughs> i was i was just gonna say though along those same same lines it's like i think that also a lot of this comes down to um aging and truly the privilege of being able to age peacefully um because as i said we are all old enough now that we can see Mm -hmm. the pattern repeating but there are the girls who are younger and i'm saying the girls but everybody um like there are people who are younger there are teenagers experiencing this stuff for the first time Right. And I was person who was younger, you know, like I was we've I've already done it and I choose to step off the ride. Um, And some people who have already done it will get back on again Mm -hmm. Um, and then they will get off and then they will get back on again because it will be something else and it will always be something else. And that is so exhausting. And, you know, I won't trigger uh, Laura's like patriarchy or anything like that, but like, you know, certain people have to get on like multiple times, you know, like certain people are getting this marketing directed at them. And when you're hungry and aggravated and distracted, like that takes away from a lot of the conversations that you could be having. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Laura, did you have like one more question that we can wrap up with here? Since I have we're... a perfect one more wrap up question and it's a fun one. Um, <laughs> Yay. Bring Diet culture has actually been killing the revolutionary spirit. Of... <laughs> um, okay. So <laughs> I can make a really bad joke here and I will text it to you later. Um, the last question that, uh, for the listeners at home, Lauren is giving me a very big eye roll, which was earned on my behalf. Um, okay. Um, for Caitlin and for Lauren, if you could say one thing, if you could talk your shit in two sentences or less to everyone who follows you, everyone who engages with you on the internet and all the world, all the strangers in the world, if you could make everyone listen to one thing, one hot take and receive no DMs, no discourse, no pushback, no requests for nuance or need to elaborate, what would you like everybody to hear? That's a big question. 
Yeah, take your time. I can edit out the pause. It was not not as fun as I thought it was going to be. A chance to talk shit without (laughs) entering into discourse? Like, that's the best thing I could ever think of. That's not true. What would you what would you do with ten million dollars? I don't know. What country would you flee to? You can you can answer either of those questions. You don't want to know what I would do with ten million dollars. I was going to say I really want to know what Lauren would do with. 10 I know it started cult. <laughs> and I would not disclose many of those details to you on this podcast because that's for me to know and you. That's to for you and your financial invited. planner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No nuanced take. Hmm. hmm. You can also pick a different question and I can edit this out if you'd rather me ask you something sillier. You can edit it out? No, I- okay, sorry. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> I'm the passenger princess of this Thank podcast. Thank you for standing up for me. <laughs> K- Carolyn's like writing down the times like I have to. <laughs> Carolyn's snapping into the mic so she knows when to cut. When to bleep me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that advanced. I just listened to the whole thing. If you could like post so one hard. thing on your Instagram story and then dip out forever and no one could ever express to you that they were mad at you, what would you say? It's probably just like nobody cares about your weight loss journey. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not interesting at all. <laughs> yeah. I love nobody that. Yeah. <laughs> and the girls would be fighting over it. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I I have this like very mixed response to a lot of what I've seen going on. And it's really just like, I hope it works out for her this time. Yeah. So I guess maybe one other like slightly less exciting, but more practical question would be to anyone who's listening, who is like trying to have a relationship with their social media feeds that is, you know, like good for them, (laughs) what would your advice be when it comes to like engaging with content on the internet? Block. Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think muting is just, uh, no, I I don't like a soft block. I like a full block, you know, like uh, don't mute people because if they're doing stuff now, that's like annoying you and pissing you off and triggering you. Chances are they aren't going to get any better. Yeah. Um, so, so you could that maybe that's my controversial take. Just, just actually, just block them, unfollow them, force them to unfollow you if it's someone that you're actually like, you know, engaging with in that way. But um, also, I think that there can be. Well, I mean, I know that there can be in my own personal experience a point where that stuff can come across your feed and you can have a very neutral response to it and see it for your own interpretation of it. You don't have to assume another person's interpretation of their body, interpretation of their health and what that reflects onto you. Um, You could just be like, do you and Mm -hmm. keep scrolling. And I think that that is like really, you know, it's something to strive for in your own like, body liberation work yeah yeah i feel like i do the best with the acceptance phase when it comes to people i like actually know in real life like i'm not about to fight all of my husband's co-workers about diet culture because i don't really care i don't have the energy sometimes i do and then i just realize it's a fruitless conversation and i have to just go like yeah if you want to do crossfit at 4 a.m go for it you won't catch it but Mm -hmm. 
you do you. And it's not worth me like arguing with you about it. But when it comes to like people that I intentionally follow and curate my feed, like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna unfollow because I don't, I don't need to like put that in front of myself on purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good advice. Block. <laughs> um, all right, Laura, did you have anything else before we wrap up? I don't think so. I was just enjoying basking okay. in the glow of three people I love. This is very nice to all be and, together in a virtual um, room. Oh Lauren's going to barf. Um, any- I know. And this is our first time doing an episode with this many people. And I feel like there was minimal talking over each other. Like that was, I'm really Which impressed because we love to talk. <laughs> um, we all have a podcast, so we know. <laughs> that's true. You're all professionals Would here. You like, can we do a little uh, dose of sass and rest days plug? As I talk yes, over and everyone. that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Lauren and Caitlin, do you have anything that you would like to promote? <laughs> um, this episode is brought to you in part by cats. You should have them. You should adopt them. They're good for you. Instead of promoting your own podcast, you're just going to promote cats (laughs) as a collective. (laughs) I'm really interested in cats. Hello. Which one is this? The whiskers. Honey. Honey. Anyway. Yeah, cats. Cats. uh, (laughs) um, Yes, everyone, if you want to listen to me talk more. And talk over my friend Maria. You can listen to listen to Rest Days. It is our podcast that we try to keep shortish and sweetish. Um, and Maria is a dietitian, so she has some like actually, you know, science backed takes. And I'm just there along for the ride, just being yappy. And where else can the listeners find you on the internet? Don't look. No, don't look for me on the internet. Don't, don't come over here. No. <laughs> Stay Stop where you are. looking for me. <laughs> they can find me at Lauren Lavelle Fitness, where they can learn about nuanced, silly takes on moving their bodies. Not that serious ever. And if they want to, they can take a bar class with me. I promise to only torture them a little. Yay. <laughs> Just a little bit of torture. All right. And Caitlin, yes. what about you? Do your thing. Uh, you can listen to me yap by myself most of the time on a dose of sass, which is just more of the sass and cellulite, the sass of sass and cellulite, um, where I talk about like diet culture things and pop culture things and plus size fashion things and yell about things I'm passionate about. Um, you can find me on the internet at Sass and Cellulite in all of the places. Some places are better than others. <laughs> and I talk about plus size fashion and anti-diet culture and healing your relationship with food and body and just existing as a size 16-ish girl. And I'm going to plug for Yay. Caitlin and we'll put it in the show notes, but she did an episode of A Dose of Sass called So Your Favorite Body Positive Creator Announced Their Weight Loss Journey, Let's Talk About It, which I think would make a great prelude or epilogue to this episode and she also yeah. just released a companion listen an episode if you will. with lauren if you are interested in extending this cinematic universe for yourself called do a little bit less <laughs> with lauren lavelle so oh you've got you got places to go <laughs> <laughs> thank you All both right. so well, much thank for you. being here <laughs> <laughs> 
Ready, Carolyn? Let's both talk at the same time. Three, two, one. So anyways, <laughs> you do the outro. Thanks so much to our listeners, our fit liddies and femme for being here. Thank you so much to Lauren and Caitlin for coming on and uh, hosting this conversation for us. We really appreciate you both and we love you and we love each other and everybody loves each other. And we're all going to go focus on our lives outside of the Internet for a while. Sound good? Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.